everybody. Welcome to Don't Get in the Van. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Mandy. And today Mandy is bringing us our next killer lady. Um, I don't remember who you're doing today, but I know I don't know really anything about it. Well, let me tell you all about it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I am covering Joanna Dennehy. All right. So this case is, it takes place in England. All right. Okay. So I did get rid of some of the weird, you know, not weird, like judgment wise, just weird for Americans. Like they called a trash can, a wheelie bin. Nobody knows what a wheelie bin is. So a, I wheelie got rid bin. Of a wheelie <laughs> bin. I was like, what the hell is a wheelie bin? Um, so I got rid of some of those words and, you know, changed them so that us Americans can understand. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> but all right. So yes, Joanna, Christine Dennehy. She was born in 1982 in St. Albans, Hertfordshire, England. So she came from, this is the weird part. She came from a very secure, stable home. And everybody said it's relatively uneventful, described as super normal, happy kid, good grades, like super close with her sister, Maria. Her mom, Kathleen, worked in a supermarket. Her father, Kevin, security guard, nothing at all to make note of. Just totally normal, they say. When she entered her teenage years, that's when she started to act up, which is not completely abnormal either, right? She took it a little further. She began to experiment with drinking, which, you know, whatever, but then taking a lot of drugs and starting to hang out with petty criminals. And then kind of thought that that... I don't know that uh, being bad. (laughs) Bad. Sure. (sighs) Same thing. Yes. It was a different, it was maybe a better, (laughs) but but you're right. Bad. Um, You know, like she just thought that was kind of cool or whatever. Right. She just really liked attention by the age of 15. She decided she was leaving home. She's done entered into a relationship with a 21 year old. So she's 15. He's 21. Oh, that's illegal. Uh, John Trainer. So they met while he was walking his German shepherd dog in the park in 1997. He said, she approached me. She had a thing for dogs. It just went from there. She'd fallen out with her parents and she was a bit of a free spirit, but I liked her. In fact, I loved her. And despite their six year age gap, they became inseparable at this point. Her parents were less than happy. John explained these are his words she had been in trouble at school for drinking she was also stealing at 15 her mom kicked her out and told her not to come back so john he lived with his parents as well but they refused to let him and joanna stay with them he she's like they were like she's 15 we're not taking a 15 year old who can, is your like partner, right. And under our roof. So they began to, as he said, sleeping rough for a year. I was a bit of an asshole when I was younger, I got into trouble a lot. It was just stealing from shops, that sort of thing. So he was one of those little petty criminals. And she just decided like, that was kind of her jam. She wanted the bad boy, as you say, and, uh, just, they just decided they were going to like live rough for a while, right? Sleeping anywhere and everywhere they could find. At one point, they do find a place to stay at a shared house in Luton. Uh, but they had to flee to Milton Keynes, Bucks. They tipped off police about a drug dealer in the house. So it's a shared house. I get kind of like, not like a hostel, but kind of, do you know what I mean? Okay. And there was 
a drug dealer and then they tipped off the police so they had to leave they had to like literally flee because that drug dealer was going to pretty much like fuck them up so i don't know why they were ratting on a drug dealer when they were taking drugs but yeah okay i don't know so john says that they did not sleep together at all until she was 16 years old i don't believe him no that's fine (laughs) they do have their first child two years after they meet when she is 17 so he was super excited i mean he's 23 he's like yeah i want a baby she's devastated he said she never wanted kids she always wanted it to just be me and her and we took a full photo of her holding the baby but in any other time she held the baby like at arm's length like she wasn't maternal she didn't want to cuddle her baby she was just like Ugh, like take it kind of thing hmm. i don't know why you'd go through all of that yeah for something you don't want at all but i mean it was the 80s so i know they had a way to no this is 99 oh sorry it's the 90s so they had a way to handle that right yeah i don't know he said you could see it in her face that she was not interested in being a mother and this was also the start of her drastic decline into drinking drugs violence and casual sex with both men and women they did though have another child and despite uh, this change in her behavior and her lack of wanting to be a mother, she gave birth a second time. So she has two daughters with John. And she, again, did not want to be a mom. She didn't really take part in raising these kids at all. She was off having affairs. He knew about it, but he loved her and he wanted to try and make it work. So as their children grew, he and other others around the family noticed her increasing narcissistic behavior. She was always putting herself before everyone else, including their children. And by this time she was definitely an alcoholic and a drug addict. And she and John would argue and fight constantly. She was also self-harming, cutting her stomach with knives and razor blades. And she, at this point said that she had a deep hatred for her mother and she would rant about it whenever she was drinking and on drugs, which was pretty much all the time. There's actually a picture of her, which I'll send to you later and maybe we'll post. And she has a shirt kind of like up, like right underneath, like her bra. And you can see her stomach is covered in little cuts, like little scars everywhere. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. So her erratic behavior increased, her narcissistic behavior increased, and she would just leave him, John Trainer, with the kids for long periods of time. One source said that she even left for about a year and just took off. Wow. She never said where she was going. She began cheating more consistently on her husband with numerous individuals. And she was also known at this point to start carrying a knife in her boot. In 2009, he took the kids and he left her. He was like, yeah, I'm afraid of what she might do next. At one point, he said she suddenly pulled a six inch dagger from the inside of her black knee length boot. He, uh, she tightly gripped the decorative handle of the blade and she stared at him with cold blank eyes and like thrust the knife into the carpet, just staring at him. And he's like, hmm. well she's acting crazy. Yeah. So he said that he was just really freaked out about what she might do. And he said that the woman he had fallen in love with was now unrecognizable. He said she had once dreamed of becoming a lawyer and now she was ravaged by drinking and drug use and her body scarred from dozens of self-inflicted knife wounds. 
So he took off with the kids. So she starts hanging out with more and more criminals and she actually got arrested uh, for her own like drug related crimes. She received 12 months of community service for being in charge of a dangerous dog. I don't know where she got the dog, but she had 12 months of community service for having a dog that acts just like her, I guess, just completely erratic. Yeah. Erratic. Perfect. Yes. All right. So now we're in February of 2012. At this point, she spends three days in a psychiatric hospital and she had been in these situations before. She's always diagnosed with different things. Uh, OCD, antisocial personality disorder, psychopathic personality disorder. (laughs) But having a personality disorder means that she is in control of what she's doing and she's very aware of her actions. So instead of just being a psychopath, she has a psychopathic personality disorder. So she knows what she's doing. She just doesn't care. She does not really feel remorse and does what she feels like without worrying about the consequences. Underlying psychopathic traits were noted as well. She had lots of rage, impulsivity, violence, and anger. And she was prescribed medication to regulate her moods, but she didn't take it very long. If she would have taken it, this story might be a little bit different. (laughs) All right. So in March of 2013, she found herself in the town of Peterborough, which is in East England. She was homeless. She had nowhere to stay. She, her husband had left with the kids and she was just spiraling in like drugs and alcohol addiction. At this time, she meets a man, 48 year old Kevin Lee. Kevin owned a lot of homes And he would rent rooms. So kind of like that shared house again, he would rent rooms to different individuals and usually people that were hard on their luck. So he would look for people that needed support and felt very, yeah, he was empathetic and was like, Hey, I need to help these people. I don't think that's a good idea. (laughs) Not to not help people, but don't put them all in the same house. House. Yeah. You know, like spread it out. something yeah all right so he ends up renting joanna a room to keep her from living on the streets and you know she was noted as being she could be she was smart and she could be super charming she also had a really like just rough kind of like i don't know just aggressive personality but she was almost like a chameleon you know she would change for who she was with and she was able to definitely she was a young girl so she was able to you know get what she wanted most of the time from men kevin lee he was already married to a woman named christine and we're going to talk about her more later and they had two children and they lived in the area kevin with the type of inhabitants he had to rent his places uh he would not get rent very often so he's like Hey, you know, um, Joanna has a pretty like tough personality. I'm going to give her a job. So I'm going to hire her and she's going to be my rent collector. Oh God. Bad idea. She goes around being tough and scaring the tenants pretty much to give them, give him rent. (laughs) But during this whole process, he, Kevin, who is married with two children, I'm just reiterating this. He becomes infatuated with her and they start a sexual relationship. And now Joanna gets to live rent-free. Oh, yeah. So she's a rent collector. 
But since she's now in a sexual relationship with the owner of the home, she doesn't have to pay for rent. So nobody's doing her any favors. All right. So she, along with her other vices, is a pathological liar. And she tells Kevin that her father raped her when she was a child. Remember, her dad was a security guard named Kevin as well. I thought of that. <laughs> Yeah, weird. All right. So anyway, he was a security guard, super like nice for all accounts that I saw. Um, this is not true. She tells this Kevin that she killed her father. That when when she got older, she was like, she's done. She's like, he molested me my whole childhood, raped me. I killed him, and I've been I spent eight years in prison for murdering my father. No, and that didn't happen. He's alive. <laughs> yeah. Um, she also told Kevin that she had murdered other people, but she had never been caught for any of those crimes. So in late March of 2013, Joanna meets 31-year-old Lukas Slobosevsky. That I did not say well, but he it's a Polish name. He's from Poland. And Lukas is L-U-K-A-S-Z. That's Lukas in Poland. Oh. so yeah so she meets this guy he'd been in england since 2005 so he'd been there for eight years but she meets him she kind of charms him flirts her way and and he thinks that they're in a relationship so he decides he's going to go and visit joanna at her house or her room whether she's renting and after, when he goes to visit her he's never seen again so this is her first. Oh. So remember, she's starting to tell these lies about murder. So it's obviously something she's kind of um, getting scheming. Yeah, about. and she's yeah. thinking about it, getting interested in it. And she had, I guess, there's different sources say different things, but I think she was texting him, pretty much promising him sex. And so he's like, yeah, I'm gonna go visit her. Of course, she stabs him with a pocket knife. She has a pocket knife. Those are not that big. No, directly in the heart. Yep. That escalated quickly. Yes. She didn't waste any time. No. And she had, you'll notice she had such force behind her murders and like the brutality of her murders. Like, I mean, you stabbed somebody in the heart with a pocket knife. That takes some force. This is when they came up, they said wheelie bin. She put his body in a wheelie bin. So a trash can in the alley. I don't really know how she did that without someone seeing her. Right. But she did. And she knew she had to get rid of this body for good. So she called a friend of hers that she had, uh, she had met when they were both on parole. So this dude, I'm going to call him Stretch because that was his, that's his nickname, but his real name is Gary Richardson. He is called Stretch because he is seven feet, two inches tall. Holy shit. He's very tall. So he kind of gave himself that nickname to avoid being made fun of. That's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. So yeah, his name is Stretch. And he was really into Joanna as well. Well, Like I said, they met while they were in parole. He would just had become very infatuated with her. And Stretch decides to help her take Lucas's body out of the trash can. Again, I don't know when they did this without getting caught. And they load him up in a car and they take him to a ditch uh, called Thorny Dyke. And that's 10 miles east of Peterborough Center. So now he's in a ditch. Within 10 days, so it's really, I think, nine days, she 
uses that pocket knife again to kill another victim. 56-year-old war veteran, John Chapman. So he lived in the same building as her. And this is one thing. He... There was, there were lots of things like one said that like he accidentally walked in on like they shared a bathroom in this house and he walked in on her on accident and he was apologetic, but she was pissed and she was freaking out on him. Um, He said he'd run into her in the hallway and she, he was scared of her. He just thought she was like bad news. Yeah. And he would tell his friend, another lady that lived there, Michelle Boyles, he was like, okay she scares the shit out of me. Like, I think she's off her rocker and I didn't mean to walk in on her in the bathroom. And like, she's, she's got it in for me. And they'd be like, Oh, you know, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Well, it wasn't fine because she ends up killing him next on March 29th, 2013. She either finds him asleep or he's passed out from drinking. So he did drink quite a bit, but she finds him incapacitated somehow. He's unconscious, either from sleeping or from passing out, right? We don't know. But she stabs him once in the neck, severing his carotid artery, and five times in the chest. And remember, we're using a pocket knife here. Yikes. That's psychotic. One of the stabs was so hard in the chest that it fractured his breastbone and penetrated his heart. God damn. Right. I'm imagining like one of those little, uh, like Swiss army knives. Yes, I know. I mean, I'm actually kind of thinking of like, my dad had a pocket knife, but honestly you open it and the blade is what four inches, not even. And it's not, it's like an inch or less thick or wide. I mean, right. Yeah. They're not big. I mean, it depends. I mean, there are some that are pretty big now but i don't think that they were always that way yeah i mean i don't know she just carried this pocket knife with her and that was her that's what she used and she didn't like she didn't hold back at all she was being absolutely insane and broke his breastbone that's just i mean she just i feel like um she just escalated in brutality really really quickly same day this is the same day she's like yeah i think i want to kill again same day. So same day. Same day. So she waits nine days between the first and the second. Same day she wants to do this again. So remember Kevin Lee, right? Kevin Lee, they're in a relationship. He's married to Christina. They have two kids and she's not paying rent and she's his rent collector, right? So she's like, well, hey, Kevin, do you want to come over? And he's like, yeah. He goes to the house. And then he doesn't return home. So his wife, Christina, she was like, okay, he's very much like clockwork. Like he comes home, he gets in his pajamas, like we hang out on the sofa. And she's like, okay, it's too late for him to not have returned home. He's definitely like a a creature of habit, right? Mm -hmm. So she's like, all right. So she starts calling him and his phone is not on. So Christina says that she knows that his phone had full charge when he left. So maybe she's the one that charges it. I don't know how she knew this, (laughs) Um, but she knew that. And she said that he did not turn his phone off because since he was the owner of so many homes and so many people rented from him, his, his work was through his phone. He had to keep his phone on and his phone was off. So she waits a couple of hours, just trying to give him like the benefit of the doubt. And then she's like, all right something's wrong. I know something's wrong. So I guess Kevin had a business partner. His name is Paul Creed. And 
she's like, I need you to help me find Kevin. Like something is wrong. Paul, the business partner gives Christina phone records. So it's when you still got those statements, right? So they're going through the statements and she's like, all right, there is a phone number that is consistently here. It's, it's constant. She's like, Mm -hmm. whose phone number is this? Well, whose do you think it is? Mm -hmm. She then asks Paul what houses of the ones that he and Kevin own are not rented out right now and are being kind of remodeled or updated, right? And she's like, I have a feeling that he's in trouble. So let's go and check those places out first. Because if she's like, he had told her that, yes, he's let this woman, Joanna, stay. Joanna said she killed her dad. Joanna said she killed some other people and that she might kill again. And this is, he, she doesn't know that Kevin was sleeping with this chick. She just knows that, Hey, this is a girl that he's helping out, but she seems a little wackadoodle, a little unstable saying she's killing all these people. And now her husband's missing. I cannot believe that this wife is like, sure. You can let that crazy bitch stay at one of your places. Right. I would have been like, she's a psycho. She's going to kill you. She may have killed people. No. Her dad (laughs) and other people. And I think that they didn't necessarily believe her or Kevin didn't necessarily believe her. He didn't take it seriously enough, obviously. Obviously, but like for somebody to joke about some shit like that, they're already fucked up enough. You know what I mean? Like if you're joking about stuff like that or what, you know, if that's what you're thinking, like she was just joking or whatever, then she's already crazy. You know what I mean? 100 joke about shit like that. Right. And if he's sleeping with her, he's seen her craziness all over her stomach. Oh Um, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's a problem, but Christina obviously does not know about all of that. Um, But she definitely is like, yeah, I think this crazy bitch could have killed my husband. So that's why she starts visiting properties. So she and Paul visit the empty properties and they don't see anything. They don't hear anything. They're like, oh shit. The same house that Joanna had killed Lucas days earlier, she stabbed and killed Kevin Lee. And she had another accomplice at this point. She calls this guy, Leslie Layton. And of course, uh, Stretch decides to help her. So I don't know how she gets all these guys. I swear they have to be a little bit unintelligent um, to go. Is she attractive? You know, she's not unattractive, but she makes all right, herself I'm looking look, her up. Yeah. She makes herself look crazy. She does have a star tattoo right on her face, like right on her cheekbone. It's a black star. So also, if you want to be a crazy murderer, don't put a fucking tattoo on your face. Okay. Because you're going to be found out. Well, this one weird fucking picture of her with this knife dagger thing. She's not. I mean, do you see what I'm saying? They're like, as a young girl going up to these like older men, they're like, Ooh, she's giving us attention. Yeah, she she's in weird pictures. She's always sticking out her tongue and she has a tongue ring. And Ugh, she's, yeah. I mean, she's kind of gross, but she's not unattractive necessarily. Like if she cleaned herself up and stopped doing all of that craziness, like she could be pretty, I'm sure. If she put Well, she's got on. a tongue ring. So of course she's got her tongue out all the time. I feel like freaking everybody with a tongue ring feels the need to show their tongue off all the time. Yes, she's always doing that. And like every picture, look at the picture where she yeah. has her stomach exposed. I, I, yeah, I saw that one. It's kind of ever in here though. Does she have her tongue out on that one? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So Stretch disposes of these bodies with her. So Leslie and Stretch help her out. John Chapman, the 56-year-old who was scared of her, 
he's placed in Thorny Dyke along with Lucas, the 31 year old from Poland. The first and nobody's time. found Lucas's body yet. No. Okay. Nope. T- then she drives with Stretch and Leslie 10 miles north um, at Newborough and she drops Kevin off. But she goes a little bit further with Kevin. She decides she's going to humiliate him. I'm not sure why she's so pissed, but she dresses him in a black sequined dress, leaves his underwear off, positions him so that his butt is in the air so that he can be found in a women's sequined dress with his butt exposed. It's weird. Like, I don't know why she went that route, but she just, some of the therapists or psychologists and detectives were like she just really wanted to humiliate him i don't know why she took it that far with him because that was one of her like partners i was gonna say she seemed like she liked him and then all of a sudden was just like ah, he'll be an easy next victim right she just was like same day let's just get kevin i can't believe these dudes helped her drop off two dead bodies in the same day right and that gear or stretch he did the third one nine days before he didn't care, but you'll see what he says later about all this. So, okay. All right. So Christina back to Kevin's wife. She is beyond concerned about his disappearance. So she finally goes to the police and she's like, all right, something's going on. Um, I'm giving you permission as the homeowner to search all of these houses. Like I need you guys to check it out. This is what's happening. I'm concerned about X, Y, and Z. So the police go to some of the homes and they smell, they said they smelled like a really strong bleach odor. And they also found a couple spots of blood. So she didn't do the best job with her bleach. Okay. So the next day, March 30th, the police were called to an area of farmland by Newborough by someone who's walking their dog. They, that dog walker discovered the body of Kevin Lee. The police are now like, all right, Somebody did this, obviously, and left him in this kind of grotesque manner. And Mm -hmm. we're thinking that we have a possible serial killer and we need to get this person quickly because we don't know when the next body is going to show up. They end up finding Kevin Lee's car and it had been burned out. So not only did Joanna kill him and dress him up, she burned his car out. And uh, Christina gives them the phone number that kept appearing on the statements, right? So that's Joanna's Mm -hmm. phone number, obviously. They start GPSing that phone number and they trace it to, it's Joanna's phone number. And they also trace it to the location it had pinged where they found Kevin Lee's burned out car. So she's a dumbass, turn your phone off. So this became a crucial link to Joanna and Kevin Lee. And it was obvious that Joanna had at least been at the scene if she didn't do anything except for, you know, be there. So the police end up finding Leslie Layton, right? So he's the the second friend, second accomplice. And I guess he was kind of a puss and he was just like, had no backbone. And he was just like, yep, Joanna and Stretch, like they did some of this and they're on the run. It didn't take much to get a confession out of that one, right? Yeah, Yeah. he's he's that kind of guy. So they issue a warrant um, and they issue it in every agency in the country to find Joanna and Stretch as soon as possible. And the two had made their way to Norfolk and they didn't get too far. They robbed a house 
And then they made their way to Hereford so that they could sell what they had robbed from the house. So they wanted to use what they were stealing to fund their getaway trip. All right. Okay. So Stretch really, like I said, was super infatuated with her. And he even says it later, but I think he was kind of like, yeah, we're like the new Bonnie and Clyde. Like, we're like, you know, like we're together, like it's like us against the world. And he's just all in. Okay. Okay. So they decide to rob another house. I don't think they feel like they have enough stuff to sell. That's in um, Hertfordshire. And then stop 20 miles outside of Hereford to talk with a man, Mark Lloyd. So Mark just is like, yeah, I'm going to join you guys. So somehow, I don't know if he knew Joanna or if he knew Stretch, but he decides he's coming along. They decide they only really wanted Mark to come because they want Mark, since they know that their picture is everywhere right now, to newspapers, posted everywhere. They're like, yeah, you can come. We need you to go and sell our shit to get mm-hmm. us money so that when we go, we don't have to go in and get caught. You go sell it. And then, you know, you can get like some of the profits or whatever. At this time, Joanna's like, all right, it's been four days and I'm bored and I kind of want to kill again. And Stretch is just like, okay. So on April 2nd, 2013, there is a video of this and I think we should post it later. And it's really, there's, there's not really any audio, but you can see her entering a shop in Hereford with Mark Lloyd. I don't know why she decided it was a good idea to go inside the shop with him. And she's seen on the video, like pointing and yelling at the cashier. So I thought when I was watching, I was like, oh my God, she's going to kill this cashier. And she's on video, but she refrains from killing him, leaves the shop, but she's super pissed at this point. And she sees a man walking his dog. And she tells Stretch, she's like, all right, I want you to pull over because I want to kill this dude. And he's like, all right. So she jumps out of the car. She runs behind the man and just starts stabbing him in the neck. So this is a random man walking a dog down the street. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. And this is in the middle of the day, by the way. This is not nighttime. This is like midday. The man is 63-year-old retired fireman, Robin Beretta. And when she runs up to Robin, she tells him, I'm going to kill you. And she just stabs and stabs and stabs him. And remember, she doesn't stab like gently. She's got force behind these stabs. He falls to the ground and she just walks away. She's like, like, no big deal. It's middle of the day. Just stab this man like a psycho. She gets in the car with stretch and she says, all right, well, I'd like to find somebody else now. So she's on a what roll. the fuck? It's fucking crazy. I mean, I just kept thinking, like, I, she's mean. She seems to be going after dudes, but I'm not walking my dog. Have you ever really thought about somebody just running up behind you and stabbing you while you're walking? No. Your dog? I mean, what the fuck? 10 minutes after the attack on Robin Beretta, she sees another man, 56 year old John Rogers, and he's walking his dog as well. Oh, Jesus. So she has a type. So she again tells Stretch to stop the car. She gets out with her knife, walks up to the man, stabs him more than 30 times. He starts to fall to the ground and Joanna proceeds to lick the blood off the knife. Then she steals his dog 
and goes back in, I knew you'd like that one, back into the car and they just drive away with his dog. So she stabs this dude 30 times, licks the blood, gets in the car with the dog and leaves. She's not going to hurt this dog, is she? No. Okay. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to leave. <laughs> yeah. All right. So thankfully, and we know some of these facts because both of these men survive, which is crazy and awesome. But yeah, even the dude with 30 stab wounds, he, uh, it was life-threatening, his injuries for sure, but they did survive and they were both able to give the police descriptions of Joanna, most notably, what do you think? Oh, the star tattoo on her face. <laughs> the giant black star tattoo on her face. Ah. So they, the local police were notified of these new insanely brutal attacks that were super random and they become on high alert to capture her remember they know what she looks like they know what stretch looks like stretch is also a giant so it's not gonna be hard to like find him probably should have chosen someone who's not who doesn't stand out yeah inconspicuous (laughs) (laughs) right they were able to find them and uh they corner them and stretch well this is in um newton close in hereford so when they find them stretch is talking to one of his like associates outside of their house probably trying to sell some stuff and when they find joanna she's just like talking to the dog in the back seat and they were like okay uh that's obvious like you that's that dude's dog right so they arrest joanna on the spot and then stretch and his associate or his friend get into the car to make a run for it right so a car chase ensues. And then at one point stretch, which he is a large man, as we've said, he gets out of the car to make a run for it. He's not very good at running. Oh God. Does he trip? <laughs> no. He just kind of like gives up. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, I can't do this. Cause the police, you know, you're trained to chase people and get them. And he was like, fuck, I can't run. Like, I, okay. Got me. <laughs> Dude could probably run twice as fast at seven feet feet tall. His he legs like a, had to be hella long. They just said his he stride, he would take like probably like four <laughs> steps and like there one or two. I don't think he worked out very much. He wasn't That's that good at this. It's pretty hilarious. Funny. I know. And the reenactment was really funny too. He's just like, ah, like, oh, fuck it. I know. He was like, you got me. That's cool. But he, you'll hear what he says. Like he was a victim pretty much. So. There is a video of this with audio. 40 minutes later, uh, this video is of Joanna being booked at the station, right? She is laughing and joking and like flirting with the officers. And she's like, people are like, she is quite the actress. Like she is a chameleon. She knows how to act with you know, uh, with who she's with at the time. So she was just being like the jokester and like, so fun with these guys, not acting rough and tough at all. Just, you know, I'm a cute girl. And then any other time she acts like absolutely insane, obviously. Right. So I think she thinks she's smarter than everybody and that she can get away with shit by switching up her actions, being that little chameleon that she is, but you can't do that when you kill people and attack people on the street. Yeah. And once you're in jail, you're, you've got to be on that. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. All right. So now 
where April 3rd, 2013, her other two victims' bodies are discovered in a ditch at Thorny Dyke. So again, 31-year-old Lucas and 56-year-old John Chapman. Her pre-trial hearing is set for November 18th of 2013. And when that proceeding took place, she would just sit there laughing the whole time. Like she did not give a shit. She just laughed. And the reenactment of that was kind of scary as well. This girl looked a lot like her and she was just like sitting there like laughing through like the whole this proceeding. And I'm like, that takes like a lot of like either. I mean, they said she was smart. So it's not stupidity, I guess. It's just complete lack of care. She's just gonna yeah. fuck. So she's laughing. And she, when the judge asks her, how do you plead? Shocking all of her legal team, she pleads guilty. And they, were, they were like, um, could we have a recess, please? Like, uh, we didn't expect that to come out of her mouth. And we just want to make sure that she's fully aware of her rights. So they're freaked out. They're like, what the fuck, Joanna? Like, why? What? So she's like, yeah, I know what's going on. Um, I've, and she said, this is a quote, I have pleaded guilty and that's that. Okay. Okay. So. They tell the court, the legal team says, yeah, she did mean what she said. And she does understand the charges against her. So, okay. During the trial, Stretch argues, he's like, I was a victim. I was manipulated by Joanna and throughout her killing spree. And he said he had not known that she was going to kill and that he was later made aware that she had killed these men. And once he did become aware he did say he was part of covering up the murders for her, but that he was manipulated into doing so, which as we know, he helped with the first dude, Lucas, yeah. just out of the blue. And then it took her nine days to even start to do anything else. So he's full of shit. Yeah. So Joanna, she ends up before her sentencing, standing up in court and said that she was not going to be controlled by anyone the lawyers, the police, the court. And she pretty much told the judge to fuck off. So that's the, oh. Eng- that's the English version. I mean, that's like the American version, the English version. He was like, she pretty much told the judge to get stuffed, which was funny. Get stuffed. Get stuffed. So we're like, fuck off. Like she did not yeah. shit. So really stupid though, to not even try. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but whatever. So February 28th, 2014, Justice Spencer sentenced Joanna to life in prison, and she became the first woman in English history to receive a life sentence, like a full life sentence. Without the possibility of parole? Yep, no parole, just a full life sentence. And she was sent to Bronzefield Prison to never be released. So Leslie Layton, the puss who decided to get everybody up real fast, he received 14 years in prison. And Stretch received two life sentences. So wow. when I, right, when I, tell me how you feel about that. Because, because she's a Why woman. did he get two life sentences for literally just helping dispose of bodies? She murdered and attacked yeah. five people and yeah. she only got one life sentence? That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, they call it a full life sentence. So 
And they made a big deal. They were like, she's the only, and even a news um, caster said this, like she is the only woman in English history to receive a full life sentence. So they made it like this big deal that, whoa, a woman gets a full life sentence. But Stretch was like, dude, I didn't even murder anybody. You just give me two life sentences. So it seemed very, um, just kind of uh, strange when it came to men versus women. It wasn't really fair in my opinion, but I, yeah, I don't think that was fair. I mean, he, I mean, he didn't actually kill anybody. He just helped her with stuff. So two life sentences is pretty excessive. I mean, if Leslie Layton got 14 years and he helped with two crimes, stretch yeah. out with three. So why didn't he just get like seven more Well, years? technically he was with her with the two attacks as well. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay, fine. Maybe he needed to get like 30 to 40 years. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I don't know. I yeah. was like, Fuck. I mean, even one life sentence, but two, I know two. It's kind of ridiculous. And when you read about this too. So then why like, didn't she get a life sentence per fucking victim then? No, they had never given any woman a full life sentence. So this was a big deal. I'm like, I don't know, guys, you need to reevaluate your system. Yeah. <laughs> because it doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl, like if you did this shit, like you did this shit, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Anyway, that was just interesting when I read that. Um, yeah, and one thing, this was shocking because most women are associated uh, with a man during these types of murderous acts, right? So Myra Henley, she mm-hmm. received life sentence as well, but she was associated with a man, Ian Brady. So they right. felt like that was different. Like Dennehy, Joanna Dennehy was so strange because like she didn't need a man to do this like she just did this on her own yeah she did it on her she was a strong independent woman yep so she wigged everybody out but you know get over it guys yeah you need to (laughs) convict based on what she did not that she's a chick or yeah you know i don't know anyway her motive is described as at first joanna dennehy just wanted to kill the first victim out of complete sadistic sexual gratification Dennehy felt that murder was Moorish after her first kill and decided to set the goal of killing nine men because she just had a taste for murder. She was driven by the act itself and not the end product of someone being dead. She did not want to murder women, especially those with kids. There was nothing unusual with the events in her life, but the motive is unusual for a female. She was a hedonistic serial murderer who committed homicides for pleasure or thrill seeking. Especially so. those with kids. I know. What's I don't like understand. Yeah. Like, I don't understand the designation there. Like why? And why would she give a fuck? Cause she has two kids and didn't give a shit. And about didn't them. want them. Didn't care at all. Like exactly. she never. So why is she so against killing women with children? I don't understand. I don't she never cared about those kids at all like she held the baby at arm's length away and the second one i think she just popped it out and left you know she was like i'm done so Yikes. i know i don't i mean i don't think she makes a lot of sense she's just crazy so in prison she was still like nobody's gonna control me so she exhibited more as uh, they called antisocial traits. I just think okay. she acted like a complete psycho, but she tried to escape twice and <laughs> which is funny. And she wanted to chop the fingers off of one of the guards so that she could use the keypads with his fingers to open the doors. Oh, yep. So that was her next plan. She's like, well, 
couldn't escape on my own. So I'm going to cut your fingers off and I'm going to get out of here. And she never, the psychotic, and she never expressed any remorse for any of her actions. And she continues to try to manipulate the system. And they say they're like, if she ever gets out of prison, she's definitely going to kill again. Oh, yes. oh yeah. Absolutely. Don't let her out ever. She was, I'm she surprised she life sentence. Come on. Well, I'm surprised she hasn't tried to kill in prison, but I guess it's all just women other than like the guards. Right. And she doesn't want to kill women for some reason. She wants to kill nine men. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there's, um, there's this article that is just small, really. It's about the kids. And um, it was written in November of 2013 by James Fielding and Eugene Henderson. They reported that the daughter of Joanna uh, Dennehy, the oldest daughter, fears that she will become a murderer, just like her mother. And she's 13 at this time. And John Trainer, the dad, said that she keeps seeing her mom's face like all over the news, right? And the papers and the internet. And she's just really struggling to come to terms with it. And the other night she said, Dad, is that is that how I will turn out? Will I be a killer like mom? And he had to explain that it's not something that you inherit. So this poor child is freaked out that because of what her mom did, she's going to end up just like her, which she's already giving herself some massive anxiety. We're going to have some therapy later. (laughs) So he said, she's truly terrified of turning into her mother. She went through a lot while living with Joanna and now she's facing even, even greater challenge. So John revealed that he split from Dennehy in early 2019, again, after she was acting crazy with drugs, alcohol, and all of that. And they did have those, the two daughters. So her oldest daughter was seven, and the youngest one was just a baby when Joanna just split. So the little one has no recollection of anything, right? Um, and hmm. and John uh, Trainer said, I believe... I really believe Joe is evil, pure and simple. And that is why I took the girls as far away from her as possible. So he is now 37 and he lives with his daughters and he has a new wife named Vicky and they have a three bedroom. I don't know what a Masonite is in Glossop, Derbyshire. And he again states the youngest has no idea about her mother or that she's a killer. She has, has not been anywhere near her since she was very little. But he said, now I'm going to have to sit her down and try to explain the whole thing to her. I'm dreading it. How do you tell a seven-year-old that her mother is an evil serial killer? You probably don't tell a seven-year-old that, I think. I think you should probably just wait until she's a little bit older, right? Yeah. yeah. The last thing about Joanna that I have for you is in 2021, uh, when she's 38, so last year, 38, she fell in love with a woman, a robber, Haley Palmer, when she was at the HMP Bronzefield um, prison. So the pair did end up being sent to separate uh, prisons, but Haley Palmer spent 16 years in prison and then she was released. So she's now a free woman and she's opened up about her romance with Joanna. And she said that Joanna never had any regrets and that she would laugh about her crimes. And for some reason, Haley Palmer thought that was okay. 
In a letter that Dennehy, so Joanna Dennehy wrote to Palmer, she said, you have a fully committed psychopath. Together, we will travel a path so beautifully dark, so mentally and physically dangerous. We will cease to know where I begin and where I begin and you end. <laughs> what the fuck? That's so weird. <laughs> I mean, Haley Palmer. Has- She's nuts. Yeah, she thinks it's funny, like. I don't know. I feel like, it, and now she's out. Like maybe she's a little uh, too dangerous to be out too. Right. She was just a robber, but yikes. In May of 2021, friends uh, of Palmer uh, said that she was seeking legal advice on arranging a wedding to Joanna Dennehy, despite her life in prison for murdering three men. Uh, they said it's a very strange relationship. It's very weird to say, but they seem good for each other. You need new friends. This okay. is not, this is not, please. I mean, if this ever happened, you should be like Mandy's being psychotic. And yeah. Haley speaks about Joanna. Like she is her high school sweetheart. They talk every day and they fully intend to get married. Haley joked that she, uh, they would not be allowed to cut their wedding cake because there's no way to let Joanna have a knife. <laughs> that's not a joke yeah. right? oh my god but the couple reportedly wanted to be married by the end of the year of 2021 but joanna is said to have broken it off with palmer i don't know oh why. yep she decided she was done i guess she didn't want to be with somebody who was out she probably is going to find her next girl in in prison yeah because she's gonna uh, yeah so then is uh is palmer gonna like go crazy because her girlfriend broke up with her I have no idea. I, I did start killing people so she can get put back in prison. <laughs> Maybe, but it's, there's no telling that she'll be put in the same prison. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I, hopefully she gets her shit together and she realizes that that was a bad choice. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. She's fucking crazy. Isn't she? She's just nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Like out of fucking control. 100%. And they were like, yeah, she'd definitely kill again. Don't let her out. Come on. I don't care. Yeah, if she's- what the fuck? Yeah, no, no. Anyway, so that is the story of Joanna Dennehy, who did all this when she was not that old. She just escalated real fast. And now she's only, what, 39? But she has ruined her life and she's given her children anxiety. And she's. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. So super fucked up. But anyway, that's her. Any final thoughts on that one? What kind of dogs did these guys have that she was walking? I don't know. The only uh, breed of dog that was mentioned in this whole was the German Shepherd at the beginning when she met John Trainer, her like the baby daddy or what husband or whatever he was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the only one. And she had a thing about dogs. Remember that's what he said. And then she stole she stole her victim's dog. So. That what happened to the dog of the guy that got stabbed the first time. You know, and this is something I was thinking. If you came and stabbed me, my dog, I don't think she'd probably just... bite you. Yes. I don't think she would just be like, hmm, what happened? She'd be like, motherfucker. Like, she'd go after Joey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I f- yeah. I feel like, yeah. So she must have gone after, maybe they were Well, your dogs. dog, I don't know. Leia, I don't know what the fuck she would do. I feel like Leia would just. Well, yeah. That's why I was thinking maybe smaller dogs, right? Maybe. Maybe. Well, 
yeah, maybe she just has a thing for bigger dogs. So that's why she didn't try to take the small one. I don't know, but or the one the first time, but she took the other one the second time. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think it was just like a random. She's kind of like, oh, I'm gonna take the dog. It's like, yeah, what the fuck? She just does whatever she wants. I'm like, fucking take your. You just stabbed the shit out of him. Now you're stealing his dog. I just, I don't know. For some reason, I feel like that was an extra smack in the face, big time. Like you don't steal his dog, and then just hang out with it, and then you get caught when you're just like talking, like probably baby talk to the dog in the backseat, freak. I don't yeah. know. I don't know either. I think she would have kept going though. 100%. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, she, yeah. I mean, I would say the next day she probably would have stabbed somebody else with a dog since that seemed right. to be the, That's uh, like her MO. Yeah. So They're at the end anyway. Yeah. But you know, they were talking to about like that her childhood was totally normal. Like why did she like start this and just escalate incredibly well, normal quickly. other than that her parents kicked her out at 15 which is like true super fucked up true that's true you're right they who did kicks kick their out. child out at 15 and not people that are concerned about their safety yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so. i mean i even if my kid was making these bad choices you're not grounded grounded for life maybe but not kicking you out and making you just fucking figure it out yeah i mean i know she's not at 15 yeah she's really acting out and whatever but man put her in a room and put some bars on the windows i don't know especially a female you're just gonna stick you're just gonna kick your female 15 year old child out and just let her just whatever happens happens like yeah i think we can all fucking figure out what was most likely to happen if she hadn't had the boyfriend yes absolutely but yeah she's just stayed with her boyfriend the 21 year old and then his parents were like no we're not gonna let you bring your 15 year old girlfriend in the house but maybe they should have i mean i don't know i don't know they didn't want to be part of it i get it and their child was grown so they're like fuck that yeah and still living at home (laughs) at 21 (laughs) true there's no time for him to leave the nest until his uh his girlfriend and he who he did not sleep with for a year yeah bullshit bullshit yeah he just didn't want to get in trouble oh yeah there's yeah for sure there's but you love that he's like just so you there's know. absolutely zero chance that they didn't sleep together before she was 16 oh 100 they probably slept together like right away but he's like no just so you know i was yeah. 21 but no nothing happened we waited because she's so um, stable in her thinking. And of course, you're going to wait till you're six. Shut the fuck up. That's not true. Yeah. No way. No, no, it didn't happen. Anyway, she's a nut. I mean, sometimes I think like, oh my gosh, these people are like, uh, you know, just, I don't know. We analyze them differently, like with uh, like a sociopath or a psychopath or whatever. I just feel like she was a fucking like intensely like out of control pissed off chick and like they said they didn't think she was a psychopath they thought she had psychopathic personality disorder so she had those tendencies but she knew what she was doing she just didn't give a shit yeah so zero empathy zero empathy did not care laughed in court and told the judge to stuff himself (laughs) stuffed or whatever yeah so anyway that's what i have for you okay (laughs) yikes i know all right so do you want to go to trivia i guess we should huh yeah okay so 
last week's question, which is by far my favorite question so far, <laughs> was who makes people fill out an application to write them in prison? And the answer to that is BTK. Because, of course. Yeah, of course. We only had one person answer that question. And uh, they got it correct. And that was Rammy Tammy Crazy Shark Lady. There you go. That one always, like, I always have a hard time trying to say that one. Yeah, for some (laughs) reason. I have to, like, look at it a couple times. Oh, and then I just had somebody answer about um, about the uh, bonus question. But unfortunately she got it wrong she guessed okay. that it was gacy um was gacy's mother had him at the home for unwed mothers oh that was last week okay yeah okay yeah. but um but it, we we know that it was ted bundy yeah so nice try but yeah. that's not it yes love when you try all right so this week's question who killed the gang that killed his girlfriend and his father parentheses who killed his mother so his dad killed his mom but a gang killed his girlfriend and his father all while being incarcerated himself and how many years did he serve in prison okay (laughs) good luck (laughs) say it one more time just in like your own kind of words in case people are confused okay so This person killed a gang while he was in prison Mm -hmm. because the gang had killed his girlfriend and his father and his father had actually killed his mother. So fucked up. And how many years did he serve in prison? Okay. (laughs) Good luck. Yeah, that one is a nose scratcher for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. DM me your answers. (laughs) And um, I got to be honest, I'm like really curious to like write. BTK is still alive, right? Yeah. I'm like really curious to write him just because I want to see what this application is. I'm like really curious what the application is that he's making people fill out. Oh my God. Well, have you Googled it? I wonder if it's online. Okay, now that I guess we've answered the question, I guess I can. So, uh, BTK. I don't think you should write him. It might take you down a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, that's true. BTK's application. Okay, I found a website. It's called, oh my God, it's called tapatalk.com. And there, it's a website. It's a, it's, this is the description. This is a place for people who enjoy writing with serial killers and murderers to come to post copies of their letters and talk about them. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, somebody has posted his address. Oh. Um, has anybody gotten a response from him? I sent two letters and haven't heard back. He's the only person I really want a letter from. I think I will write him every few months in hopes of response. Oh, my God. Uh, I would have thought he would be overly keen to reply. He was so secretive and precious about his crimes. I would imagine he would retreat into his own world in prison. Okay, let's see. Uh, I and just want to. I just. Yeah. What the fuck? What? Okay. I really. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't look like anybody has posted 
a picture of their letter to him. God damn it. Damn. I was really hoping to find this uh, application. I know. Right. I'm looking, but I'm not seeing this. I know. Uh, What a bummer. I know. I would just like to see this application. There's a ton. Oh, Rosemary West. Good Lord. There's a ton of, uh, there's a ton of the ones that we've covered on here. I haven't, I'm not going to look through all of these. I just really wanted to see one from him, but I guess we're not going to see anything. Damn. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, well. Alrighty then. All right. Well, we're still looking for people to submit trivia questions, right? Yes. If anybody has any trivia questions they would like to submit for us to use, we will use them and we will shout you out as the uh, author or sender of the question. Um, Yep. Whatever it may be. So please send us your trivia questions so that we can use them. Absolutely. And we were also looking for, oh, if you have any um, stories that you are somehow connected with, we would like, yeah, 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 we'd like to hear about those too, for sure. Totally. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Share. That's the best thing you can do. Rate review. That's also great. And yeah. So as always, remember, don't don't get get in the van. van.